And don't forget, you'll be taking us out at the end of the show. Can you do it in Phyrexian? I, I don't ha, know how to ha, speak ha. Phyrexian. I don't have the right anatomy. It's just, just English, but with an English accent. Yes. Air white, governor. Hello. <laughs> you have it. It's perfect. I'm Phil DeLuca. <laughs> no, I am Sean Watson. <laughs> God. And I'm a Findhorn elf. <laughs> and we are somehow commander in. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're already a little bit punchy. We've been having too much fun with our guest. Whoops, we're spoiling things, aren't we? Because we put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, we have not discussed that in many, many episodes. Politics, it hardly ever comes up. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> and Hearthstone. Which we cannot stop talking about. I don't know if you guys have seen the new expansion though it's actually pretty cool i'm looking for new builds if anybody's got one wow um (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying we haven't broken that rule Uh, in a long time we were overdue it's testament to the perfection that is hearthstone's core mechanics (laughs) 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 a lot of people ask us how they can help the show well Let's tell them. The first is you can leave five-star ratings wherever it is you get your podcast from. That's always really good. We've been threatening now, I think, for six or seven months, Sean, to do a mailbag episode where, in addition to the letters we receive, we'll also read some of the best reviews. And oh, that's, that's where, always fun. That's, that's always fun. That's where we've got our uh, signing out catchphrase. Yeah. Reading those is always entertaining, but not always accurate. (laughs) 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 Listeners can also tell their friends that's really the best way, right? You tell your friends, you send a link if you're using a different podcast app than the iTunes app, and you just tell your friends all about it. You can also, if you really want to support the show, you can visit patreon.com slash commander and MTG and donate a buck a show. That's tremendously helpful. You can also go to our PayPal link, which is available on the uh, merchandise page of our main webpage, which is, of course, commander and MTG.com. We'll provide a link to that in the show plan. Don't forget to visit us on YouTube. <laughs> Comment, rate, and subscribe. Please play us to the end. That actually helps all the algorithms really, really enjoy that. Now, ordinarily, we would jump straight to introducing our guests, but each week we like to call out three of our Patroni, don't we? And we're going to need our special Scandinavian uh, host to oh, no. join us. Oh, no. Warm up the old <laughs> tongue. <laughs> Oh, no. So we want to thank William Schaefer, perhaps Schaffer, Zachary H. Cart, and... And, of course, Jakob Rubel. <laughs> That's a great pronunciation. No, no, it's a... Has, has our guest ever heard a better Scandinavian pronunciation than that? Um, no, I, I can't say that I have. <laughs> so I, I was kind of stunned by the... The pronunciation, <laughs> the majesty. <laughs> <laughs>
It was. It was ma- majestic. Is exactly the adjective I'd use. <laughs> I don't know if you know that Jacob Rubel is actually the Swedish word for majestic. Oh, for so I can only assume. <laughs> So I've been listening to a lot of a podcast called Opening Arguments, and they list their top contributors. And I think next week we should do that, too. So next time we're going to read your name as it appears in the Patreon or PayPal, and we'll figure out some arbitrary cutoff and list like a top 20 or 30 or so contributors. Will you be installing a plaque in the Commander in HQ? Yes. Phil's closet. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, I thought we said we weren't going to talk about that. (laughs) It's very true. I'm going to take a selfie right now and share it so he can see that we are actually in a closet. Yes, Commander in HQ. Commander in proud to be in a closet since 2015. And in news, we actually have a contest for our patrons. We received so much feedback for the game show show um, (laughs) that may have been the majority of our listeners' favorite show. And of course, I wasn't on it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm not saying those are related. I am. But, of course, we had Andy and Sean from Commander's Brew on, and we did this awesome game show where Sean Watson acted as MC for two of the three questions, and we did this really cool contest, so we're going to do it again. Only this time, Shivam, you're going to be on the show. What did you guys say I was doing? I was in a nail factory or something? Yeah, you, you, were, you were at your new job at, uh, what is it, Nails of the Mountain, yes, right? Nails of the Mountain. Nails of the Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this time, Shivam, you are going to be on the show and (laughs) as one of the (laughs) co-hosts and we are going to compete against two lucky patrons. Yeah. How cool is that? So we're going to select from folks who are active patrons of the show as of June 8th, 2018. The patrons will form a team and will play against you and me, Shivam and Sean will of course be completely neutral. I mean, on our side. Are you sure you want to play against two patrons? Because, I mean, you're already pretty bad. You're going to get our slime feet kicked. We're going to have to either stack the deck or maybe maybe you and I should practice a little bit in a future episode, Shivam. Or maybe we need to, like, learn what cards do. <laughs> maybe suddenly one of our voices will sound an awful lot like Ethan Fleischer's voice. <laughs> Who knows every card? I'm Phil DeLuca. There you go. We're in. <laughs> That's an amazing impression, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) So you should tell us why it should be you. And that uh, means you send us email to cast at commander at mtg.com and attach or link to a one minute audio recording in WAV format. And make sure you say your name at the beginning of it and tell us why it should be you. Judges are, of course, the hosts. (laughs) Yes. You, Shivam, me, and Sean Watson, and special guest judge... Andy Bentley or Andy Bentley, aka Mr. Big Bent. He's going to help us choose because he's he's one of our super patrons. So who better to judge our patrons? The man who has piloted Yeheni more than any human being that I know. More than is healthy. <laughs> <laughs> or as Yeheni would say, more that is healthy, darling. 
<laughs> is that, yeah, Henny, is that you? <laughs> oh, we're not doing this yeah. right now, guys. We have to talk about Dominaria. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Shivam. You saved us and our listeners and our guests who would have sit here, sat here like, what the heck is going on? We have a wonderful show lined up for everyone, including us, and that's why we're so excited. We're going to talk about Dominaria. And not only are we going to talk about Dominaria, or as it's called, Dominaria. Dominia. Don't you forget <laughs> it. <laughs> we are going to do it with the exploratory design lead, who is more accurately known as Master of the Globe, Ethan oh, Fleischer. Hello. It's a good title. Hello. Welcome to our dear friend of the show. It's great to uh, have you, Ethan. Oh, it's wonderful to be back. I love this show. I feel like you guys must have been in a continuous party mode since basically pre-release day. Yeah, it's been pretty awesome. We were uh, super excited about the set. This is probably the set I'm most proud to have worked on. And seeing the audience react to the previews and everything has been amazing. The pre-releases were awesome. Super fun. Have you been wandering around the office with a Mudga hat on? Make Dominaria great again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm afraid not. <laughs> you missed a trick. He so. doesn't need a hat for the truth, man. <laughs> I'm afraid that sort of thing isn't very funny on this side of the pond. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rest of the world has just learned if we don't laugh, we'll go as mad as you lot. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dude, this set is just... Oh, home run from top to bottom. Even Seriously. with a leak, even with the most absurd leak we've had since like Oath of the Gatewatch, it didn't stop anything. It's been amazing since every preview. Because so much about what's amazing about this set is in the art and the flavor text. We really uh, put a lot of extra effort into that art. And oh, yeah. It's, uh, it includes the first piece with scale monkeys. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and... Literally every single saga has been incredible. Oh, yeah. I love those sagas. Just it feels like we really stepped up our game. I'm so sorry that Mark Winters came in, had his one big project that he was finally in charge of, just blew everybody else out of the water, and then it was like, peace, I'm retiring. <laughs> Did he retire? Basically. If you're going to go out, oh. man, this is a set you want to go out on. <laughs> what a... Eldest Reborn with Bolas in the Sumier style art or the hand-woven one. Or my, oh, my God. This is just absurd. It's absurd. The fact that the scriptures of the Phyrexians have the actual Phyrexian scriptures from the flavor text written in the Phyrexian alphabet from uh, freaking Elishnorn is just like Vorthos on Vorthos on Vorthos. Yeah, yeah. so good so good (laughs) it was so much fun just like coming up with the idea hey what if we had like in-universe art styles or something for these sagas and then like kelly and mark just ran with it and like knocked it out of the park ethan i don't know if you can tell but um shivam's a little bit excited i think he is (laughs) that doesn't really distinguish him from any other day with shivam though (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, he's a lovely man. Yeah, we uh, we all love the set. I mean, there's something in it for each of the hosts, certainly. I mean, there's no shortage of Phyrexian references for Sean. Uh, I got a big green monkey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shivam got nearly everything else. 269 <laughs> cards. <laughs> That's exactly it. I got... 
to kind of see Yorgmoth. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You, you get to see Yorgmoth's face. That yep. doesn't happen very yep. ever. That's actually the set symbol too. The face that's on that uh, that Yogmoth building. Is it? Yeah. Well, the Dominaria set symbol is uh, a Benalish shield or Yogmoth's face. Yogmoth's face is the Apocalypse set symbol. Yes, we've had it before. Yeah. It's. It looks like it from an angle. I know what. I know. I can see what you're saying. Phil. I see Phyrexian indicators in nearly everything. I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> I see bolas horns everywhere now, so well, you can't help it. Ever since Amonkhet, I'm just like, hey, wait, is that bolas horns? Ever since you had them engraved on your glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since you started wearing a full set of them all the time. <laughs> yeah, he just walks around. He used to wear a vest and a really cool vest with like you know handmade tie dye vest, and now it's all. It's I'm all just bolus. imagining now like seven foot tall Ethan walking around with literally just like. A, a monokini made out of uh, bolus horns <laughs> down, down in the down in the bullpen of what's he hey guys in, do you remember when she uh, when Ethan used to wear clothes. like bow ties <laughs> and, and tank tops now he struts around shirtless with those bolus horns whipping us at the desks <laughs> <laughs> yeah we prefer old Ethan this could be yeah. a whole this new direction real weird guys <laughs> all right so now either what was your role on dominaria dominaria (laughs) um so i was pretty heavily involved in actually a lot of different uh angles on dominaria i was there from the very beginning of the set which was the exploratory design team we also had an exploratory world building team that was operating in parallel led by kelly diggs Oh, did you? Um, so the the big challenge there was to figure out what the heck is Dominaria. We knew we wanted to go back there and kind of rehabilitate the plane and, you know, bring it into our stable of planes that we can go to whenever we want to. But uh, to do that, we needed to, like, kind of drill down and figure out what's the theme of this place. So we explored a bunch of different dead ends that, you know... They weren't really dead ends. I prefer to think of them as booster rockets, actually. We have booster rocket designs where you you grab onto an idea and you ride it until it can't take you any farther. And then uh, you jump onto the next idea. So, yeah, we had a few few false starts that didn't turn out to be the thing. But uh, eventually we landed on the idea that, uh, you know, history as it impacts the present is our theme that we're going for. And so that informed all the rest of the stuff. It's a very prescient concept for uh, modern-day Earth politics. <laughs> yeah, it, it it definitely feels like something resonant. It's definitely unusual, but it was like... We, we knew we wanted to get all of these different things in the set. We're like, the people will be sad if there aren't any Homerids. People will be sad if there aren't Keldons. People will be sad if there aren't this and that. And it was a huge list. And we're like, okay, we need a theme that can encompass all this stuff that we want to cram in here. And we called it Time Spiral. Time Spiral was like, let's look back at Magic the Gathering the game and make a Mm. set about that. Whereas Dominaria is not a set about Magic the game so much as it's a set about Dominaria the setting. Yes. After that, we had the the vision design team. I was on that for the whole time. Uh, Mark Rosewater led that team. And, you know, we 
kind of took these basic ideas of, you know, we want to have some artifacts and we want to have some legendary creatures. Is there a mechanic that we can use, an artifact mechanic? Is there a legends matter mechanic? And eventually Mark had the idea of tying everything together. Like we want to have these ancient artifacts. We want to have these legends who are, who are people who are descended from ancient heroes. The new card does, uh, type that we came up with, Sagas, tie all that together with this historic mechanic. So that was the big breakthrough really was figuring out that we can take these three existing elements in the game and tie them together conceptually into a mechanic. So was there ever any thought given to bringing back something like grandeur? Oh, absolutely. We definitely considered grandeur. Ultimately, we tried grandeur. We tried some grandeur variants. And it was like, you know what I really don't want to be doing with my sweet legendary creature? Discarding it. It's just not Fair. actually what's cool about legendary creatures. Uh, and then, of <laughs> course, you know, we're on this commander podcast. And as I'm sure you're aware, grandeur doesn't do anything in commander. Not without no, jumping through some serious really. hoops. Grandeur is disappointing when you go, oh, I've never even seen this uh, legendary creature before when you brew it. Oh, that's why. Right. Yeah, yeah, so like... And ultimately, like, commander play is such a big part of what a lot of our legendary creatures are for that it seemed silly to put grandeur on a bunch of them when it was just going to be dead text in the format where people play legendary creatures the most. Yeah, that would have been uh, disappointing. We agree. Now, you have been appearing on Wizard's Own Magic Story podcast. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kelly, Diggs, and I decided that it would be really cool if we did some extremely nerdy podcasts uh, where we dug super deep into uh, Dominar's backstory and lore. Uh, I I didn't get to mention, but uh, I was also on the World Guide writing team. Of course you were. (laughs) I read like 40 or 50 magic novels for research purposes, and some of them were abs... Some of them were terrible, <laughs> terrible books. Uh, and some of them were actually pretty good. And yeah, did all that research and wrote a bunch of stuff about the different peoples and cultures and characters that, uh, you know, might still be around. And, uh, you know, what are they like now? What's Yavamaya like now? Things like that. Some of that stuff didn't really get used and so I was like, hey, what if we just kind of repurposed some of this stuff and turned it into some uh, some podcasts? Because, like, we have this art book, and it has a whole bunch of stuff. We have the card set, and it has a whole bunch of stuff. But I was like, wow, there is just so much stuff that it didn't even fit in all those places. So we got some cool podcasts uh, coming out once a week. There should be about five episodes Listen to it, because it's pretty good, I think. At least the first episode was. That's the only one I've actually I have to say, to. one of the cool things about that podcast is that it really feels like two super fans are just sitting and nerding out about magic in a way that, like, you know, us Vorthos do on Twitter all the time. And it's just like, wow, this is different than the kind of content we normally get from inside the building, mm-hmm. which is almost always just very just the facts, ma'am, type of thing. Yep. So seeing that unbridled enthusiasm from you two is just great. It was really important, I think, for us to like embrace Dominaria the same way that the people who like Dominaria embrace Dominaria, you know? It's like, yeah. what is the thing that people really like about this? Let's just go deep on that and do that as well as we can. And, you know, people like the 
well, too many things to even explain, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's why we have a whole nother podcast. Did Blake try to get into the recording booth and you and Kelly were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was actually in there the whole time with us. We were just like, you don't get to talk, <laughs> He just Blake. doesn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> he can't interrupt the stream. No. He, he basically sat in there and like whenever we said something that we weren't supposed to say, for legal reasons or whatever, uh, he would just like write it down and then they'd edit it out later. <laughs> oh. Did he have a shock button? No, no, no. He has to be nice to us or we won't like <laughs> agree to do podcasts. So when you guys were talking about the return to Theros, for instance, he was just like, Ixnay on yeah, the yeah, Eros exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what's with this globe? You put your hand on some kind of glowing or white and black object, right? That's right. Um, yeah, there's a, uh, there's, I actually noticed this like almost as soon as I got into R&D. First, I noticed that everyone had beta black lotuses on their desks. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? And then they pasted over them to make commons <laughs> for that... their next <laughs> No, it turns yeah. out um, R&D has special sleeves that look exactly like beta black lotuses, which is pretty awesome. But uh, it definitely threw me for a loop at first because I thought everyone just had lotuses everywhere. I was like, this is impossible. I know this is Wizards of the Coast, but there can't just be <laughs> lotuses lying everywhere. That's just crazy. <laughs> Especially unsleeved lotuses. So, uh, but then the second <laughs> cool thing that I saw was this uh, this globe. It was like, it had white oceans and black continents, and it was a globe of Dominaria. It was totally awesome. It had little labels stuck on it where, the, you know, the different continents were. It had tectonic plate boundaries. And I was like, this is one of the coolest nerd objects I've ever seen. This is so cool. You know, as we as we started working on Dominaria, I you know did research and I was I, I looked at a lot of the fan forums to like see what they've been talking about for the last twenty five years on the internet. The globe had come up like Pete. <laughs> a couple of Pete things. Venters <laughs> had made the globe. He was in charge of the continuity team, as it was called. Uh, which I guess now you'd call the world building team approximately. They have similar duties. And just like in between projects, he worked on this globe and he got all the continents and all the islands and it was exhaustively researched. He'd read not as many books as I read because there weren't as many then, but he read a lot of books. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and, and the, the fans wanted to see this globe. They're like, oh, I want to see the globe. But like the creative team was always very coy about it because like, we got to keep some of it secret because we're going to go to some of these other continents one of these days and we don't want to spoil it all. But uh, then we went like 11 years between Time Spiral and Dominaria coming out. And I was like, you know what? I don't think we're, we're going to these other continents. We should just like show them <laughs> the globe, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, Kelly and, I, Kelly and Mark Winters and I were like, yeah, we should, we should do the globe. And I was like, yes, we're agreed. And then nobody did the globe. I was like, wait. Nobody's actually doing this, are they? They're like, no, we're really busy. I was like, hmm. I was like, we really have to do this. I was like, all right, I, I guess I have to do this. So I did. I I got uh, there were the, all these photographs taken of it by Nick Bartoletti, who's a 3D artist working at Wizards, and he sent me the photos, and I was like, all right, I got to do this. So I used this NASA software to unwrap the photos and flatten them out, and 
stitched yeah. them all together and converted the whole image to vector. I'm, I'm greatly... Okay, can I just pause you right there for a second? When I was reading this amazing article you wrote about this... <laughs> right, and... I have an article uh, called Dominarian Cartography on the Wizards websites. They'll give you all the details. It's one of the best articles I've ever read yes. on a Wizards site. But also, you're just like, yeah, I just downloaded NASA software and then I, you know, re-vectorized the plane to make a globe show up. I'm like, reading these details, I'm like, you're just insane. This is absurd. This The amount of labor that you're like, well, I went and scanned the old pictures and then I photoshopped them on top of the globe after I'd stretched it out. And then I cut and I'm like, what in the hell? Are you? Yeah, it's like, the, the secret... It just sounds like a madman. Just like, you know, the art for ad nauseum? Yeah. Where the guy's like oh, written God. things That's to the That's the most bone. horrifying piece of magic. Well, second most horrifying It's like one of the of top three, but yeah. that's kind of what I'm picturing. Ethan just like looking at this globe, just staring and like jotting down borders. I have a lot of Photoshop <laughs> experience and like Adobe Illustrator experience. I'm just like, I've been doing that for years. So like it comes very naturally to me. It's pretty easy. And so it was actually a very pleasant process and I enjoyed it a lot. It was super fun. So... Uh, yeah, I w- did not feel like I was wearing my, my arms down to the bone or anything like that. Good use of the masking technique, yeah. too. Yeah. Huh. I was just in awe. The thing looks like your process is incredible. It's yeah. just incredible. No, I, I, was, uh, I was definitely hoping that uh, people would, would be excited about it. I, I, it was kind of a, a huge amount of time spent on I was like, there's a chance that just nobody will care. But I was like, nah, they're going to be excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were at least four Jeez. people who were going to care a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, you know, I, sh- I should stress that the final version of the map was uh, was made by Jared Blando, who's this, uh, this great artist who uh, specializes in fantasy maps. And he did a great job of turning my very ugly preliminary version into something that's uh, gorgeous and suitable for framing. Please tell us you guys have licensed uh, an actual globe that will be made with the Dominaria um, map. Just be shut up and take my money. I'm afraid that's not in the and that's not happening. I tried to get that to happen, and they ended up going with this other project that I can't talk about. But it's also really cool. At least rolled maps. Can we get you can, can you can, can you just get send... a map if you go to jaredblando.com? You can order a print of the map, and it's gorgeous. I have Done. mine already. And it's in the frame shop right now, and it's huge. So uh, I recommend it. It's like two and a half times the size of an Earth map. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm ordering right now. No, I'm not. But I have the page loaded. Can you read your uh, credit card number out loud? (laughs) (laughs) Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is the first time, well, now the second time I'm seeing Jared Blando because, of course, he did the Ixalan yeah, map, Yeah, the right? Ixalan map is, is gorgeous. It's actually more gorgeous than the Dominaria map, in my opinion, but uh, not not something that I need hanging on my wall because uh, I'm all about Dominaria. One of my favorite parts of the Dominaria map globe idea is that, so I'm a longtime Dragonlance fan, and Dragonlance had a big cataclysm. The mountain flew down and, it, like, distorted and destroyed the continent, and chunks sank, and, I mean, that's a whole settings, you know, vibe. Mm-hmm. And Dominaria, with the fact that like the world itself has been molded by the magics of Urza and everybody, and that you were able to, in your article, trace the evolution of the land masses. Like, as a longtime magic fan, I was just like shivering at how amazing that yeah, was. It was pretty so cool, dude. cool 
so cool to figure out like okay which places are are underwater now like what's still there <laughs> and what like can only merfolk get at now like what's like i what's realize that my here? beloved Findhorn coral reefs are probably not going to come back anytime <laughs> soon but like just like for instance watching yavamaya become like this island instead of the southern tip of the continent it's just like what oh, yep. <laughs> we could talk all day about this globe but how about some cards guys yeah let's talk about some sweet cards <laughs> we we do have some sweet cards in this set we would be remiss if we didn't at least uh glance over some of the mechanics and the details so dominaria released at this point on april 27th 2018 269 cards like shivam said earlier uh we already talked about why dominaria kind of but you know what just go to the magic story podcast we'll provide a link to that it's awesome yeah we do we do kelly and i dig into why dominaria now in that podcast and anything i say here would just be repeated from there so go listen to that podcast we'll be waiting this podcast will still be here and you can come back to it so the mechanics and themes of the set we sort of already talked about how historic cards tie everything together what are historic cards again historic cards are cards that care about legends artifacts and sagas so obviously Two of those three things are super relevant for Commander. Everybody has a legend, of course. And then uh, we tend to run a lot of artifacts, I've noticed. Yeah. So obviously a lot of these historic cards are going to end up being Commander relevant. And that's very exciting. Um, Legendary Matters, obviously, again, just sort of a subset of historic. You know, we have a lot of sweet artifacts here. We want to have ancient, powerful artifacts that... uh, so they dug up or were in museums and stuff. Uh, and then sagas <laughs> are these new cards that represent the stories people tell in Dominaria today about the history that happened in the old magic sets from the 1990s. And Kicker is here. Uh, that's, you know, a little more about the present than it is about the past like here here dominaria's mana is back everything is awesome it's springtime in dominaria we have big magic (laughs) it's a little flavorless (laughs) and then of course there's double which i'm gonna let phil explain that ah double 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 Double, it's the first time you've ever said instead of uh, this thing gains plus X plus X where X is equal to its power, you actually just said double its power and toughness. And of course, we're talking about Grun the Lonely King, the first card to feature the, uh, is it the key action? Keyword action? Double. I guess so. I I didn't even know that. I I never noticed that we'd never said that before because I just type whatever I want into uh, into the database and the editors fix it eventually. Yeah. Does doubling season not say double? No, I guess no. Not. It says put another of that type. Oh. Yeah, they they uh, in the in the rules article they uh, uh, whoever that crazy guy was who wrote the rules article <laughs> actually he said that this was double was now being used whenever you need to double something. Seems like the simplest solution. It does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, we uh, we introduced a lot of sort of minor quality of life improvements in our templates for Dominaria. It was like, hey, let's let's take a look at this thing. A lot of people are going to be coming back to Magic with Dominaria, and a lot of people are going to be coming to Magic because of Arena. And so let's let's just you know critically examine everything we do and see if we can't make things a little more colloquial, a little more inviting, 
And so we made changes here. We eliminated references to the mana pool because that's just who the hell needs to know about the mana pool unless you're, you know, running Dublin mm. Cube. We changed um, the pronouns from he and she to they to be more inclusive of people who do not subscribe to uh, binary gender roles. And also it makes the card text shorter. So, uh, yeah, and just various things like that to just make things a little easier for people. And Sean pointed out, I think it was Sean pointed out, doubling cube used uh, double. Oh, so it, it did. did. It was me because yeah. I don't like to be uh, incorrect. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I like it when you are. There's nothing whatsoever notable about Grun then. We can just not worry yeah. about it. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm writing an email to the author of the article that appeared on the Mothership to let them know that they're the, wrong. Sean was right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well i for one appreciate the yavamaya ape showing up again oh yeah i yeah, actually I was, that's really I was good. a big uh champion of the yavamaya ape i was like we got to get an ape in here and i was like mm, really i was like what about a what about a really cool ape they're like is that possible it's like yeah should do it <laughs> scale chimps yeah <laughs> yeah i'm pretty happy to see grun it's gonna go in my tribal rug we like deck. we didn't do very many apes in we didn't do any apes in Time Sparrow Block, right? There's just like none. There was like one in Cold Snap or something. I don't know. I feel like that wasn't there the Spirit Guide. Oh, that's true. All right, I guess there was one. All right, I take it back. <laughs> Everything's fine. There's enough apes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just uh, get the picture of that to correct you. And, uh... <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, Ellie Schifrin. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to talk to Ellie. Eli Schifrin. Eli? Yeah, he's the rules Eli manager. Eli Schifrin. Here it is, 701.9. It's keyword action double. There you go. Eli was wrong. That came out in 10th edition. Eli? Sorry. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Didn't mean to call you out. Yes, we did. <laughs> Change the writing credit on that article to us. Do we have time to talk about our favorite cards? Yeah. Ethan, you are time constrained. Yeah, I've, I have a few minutes left. I think we have enough time to talk about some cards. Um, you want to talk about all of yours and then we'll each get one. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, uh, I have a lot of favorite cards in this set, but I, I decided to like view it through a commander lens. Cause this is a commander podcast. Mm -hmm. Like what are, what are the ones I'm most excited about for commander? So I've already started brewing a new commander deck using one of the legendary creatures from the set. And that is slime. You have the stowaway. Uh, I always wanted to have like a, a Thalid and Sapperling deck. And Me too. I had like Gabe, Guru of Spores, <laughs> but like that was if beautiful. you breathe on Gabe, he makes an infinite combo. And I was yes. like, that's yeah. not really what I'm interested in is completely <laughs> effortless infinite combos. It's not, it's not my style. I'm more of a try to eke out a victory with some horrible jank. And then there's Thalon of Havenwood, of course, but... He's actually he like sucks. Yeah, he kind of. <laughs> it's like he interacts with like seven or eight cards, and then the rest of them don't do anything. It's like, well, he's not quite good enough, right? There just aren't enough of those old style thalids for him to interact with. So, but Slimefoot looks like it might just hit the hit the nail on the head here. Like it's like it works with anything that makes sapperlings, because all he cares about is, are you a sapperling? Did you die? So it's like, all right, seems like a bunch of things that make sapperlings and a bunch of things that sacrifice sapperlings. Uh, it should be a deck in there somewhere, right? So uh, I haven't finished building it yet, but uh, it is well in progress and it seems promising. It seems like it might hit. Did you design him? Oh, no. I Well, 
No, I don't think I designed that card. <laughs> um, yeah. Ethan. Yeah. Ethan, you are famous for having a legendary commander deck that is all bears. That's true. How did you make Dominaria the home of the grizzly bear and not put a legendary bear? Um, I I don't know. I, I have no excuse. There were definitely bears in the file at various points, but uh, ultimately <laughs> I'm not in charge of concepting anything. And so uh, Alas. we didn't get to have any bears this time. But I have been working hard on that front and hopefully we'll get some results one of these days. Yay. <laughs> sorry, I'm just so excited about this set. You have no idea. Maybe you probably Don't already have sorry. an idea. You probably yeah, have a very I'm good very idea. excited about it. This is, this is definitely like, I feel like this is easily the best set I worked on. And I, I think I spent more time working on it in various capacities than any other set. So I am super pumped about this thing. This is like mm-hmm. very awesome. So my next card. Yeah. Kamal's Druidic Vow. So anybody who's played Commander against me probably knows that my favorite Commander deck is my Reiki, the History of Kamigawa deck. And so Reiki draws a card whenever you uh, cast a legendary spell. Uh, so of course I just put you know a few mana elves, Findhorn elves, for instance, and uh, and then a bunch of green legendary creatures and 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 legendary artifacts and things in a pile, and that pile, you know, it's getting more and more refined as we keep printing new things. Uh, it used to be pretty janky, but uh, it's getting better and better every time we release a new new set. And Kamal's Druidic Vow is just bananas, right? I'm going to read this one because it's not, not one of the more famous cards in the set, I think. Uh, so this is a legendary sorcerer. You have to have a legendary creature or a planeswalker, which fortunately 95% of the cards in <laughs> the Reiki deck are legendary creatures. Um <laughs> So <laughs> he only has five lands. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but those are all legendary. So it's X green green for legendary sorcery. Look at the top X cards of your library. You may put any number of land and or legendary permanent cards with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest into your graveyard. Uh, so you know, obviously, Reki uh, makes this into a cantrip as well. So <laughs> that's what pushes that's it over the edge. A beautiful card. So. Two reasons. One, it's Kamal. So if you don't know who Kamal is, you don't know your uh, Dominaria lore. And two, is that in the art, the Mirari, he's of the Mirari wake fame yes. that he's making so his we have, to? Uh, yes, yet oh, another sweet. depiction of the Mirari. In the story, Kamal decided to renounce violence and renounce his red nature and embrace the green of the forest and became a druid. So he... And he renounced the the power of the Mirari also. So he had it embedded in the hilt of his sword and he stabbed the sword into the ground and left it in this forest clearing and then went off to walk the earth and make friends with snakes and things like that. I mean, if if he's done with the Mirari, my vaults, my coffers could do with it back in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're not using it, Kamal, you don't mind if I do, right? <laughs> All I'm saying is that my Titania deck loves this card like really desperately badly this is going to be amazing yeah do you have a lot of legendaries in titania i have titania (laughs) she's legendary (laughs) he has a bunch of lands (laughs) i have a lot of lands yeah (laughs) the other thing (laughs) some lands lands. Uh, and then my last card one of my other favorite decks is one i've had for a long time uh when innistrad came out like the first booster pack i opened had a foil grim grin in it i was like oh man so sweet 
I built a zombie tribal deck, and zombies are actually like a pretty good tribe in Commander. Like some some tribes, it's like okay, bears for instance. These, there aren't actually very many <laughs> bears that I would normally consider to be Commander playable per se. Most of them are, are vanilla tutus. But uh, zombies, there's plenty of good zombies out there. And we just printed a really good one in Josu Vess, Lich Knight. So four mana for a four or five with Menace is good. It's real good. But then when you kick him for an extra six mana, he comes in with eight two two zombie knight creature tokens with Menace. Which, <laughs> you know, if you have a couple of zombie lords out, that's just crazy. I mean, it's crazy even without them. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. This card is insane. So Grimgrin is going to have a new friend in uh, Josu Vest, to be sure. Wow. Yeah, I believe you're pronouncing Josu incorrectly. It's actually pronounced Nigel Vest. <laughs> Nigel Vest. <laughs> Nigel Vest, that's right. That's what From we like named him. Our episode three? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, that's, uh, that's the throwback. innermost of inside jokes. <laughs> Big Nige Vess is back, and he's got a pimpin' hammer. Dude, all I know is I was on the wrong side of this card during pre-release, and it is brutal. It is absurdly good, and I'm looking forward to throwing him into my Grim Grin deck. Oh, in Sealed, that's a stone-cold bomb, that Oh, card, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of the most powerful cards in the set. I know this because I listen to limited resources. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are spot on. Were you attacked by any chance by a, uh, and I should say, were you savaged by a grun at pre-release? <laughs> I was not, no. I was a t- I raced Lyra Dawnbringer and won, though. That was exciting. <laughs> wow. My pool so many. had Lyra Dawnbringer, it had Danatha, and it had the Volshock. And I was like, yay, we're going to do this. And everybody's like, counterspell? And I'm like, damn it, that's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. back too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, this is what it was like to play in Dominaria. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a that's a really good card, Joseph Vess. So, Shivan, what's your favorite card? Um, you know... Just one. <laughs> okay, well, uh, okay, so here's the thing. I've been wanting to build a Kiora, a Kiora deck since basically Duels of the Planeswalkers. And it's just, you know, blue-green ramp into big things. It's the most generic beginner, like, easy mode deck you could imagine. It's but I super fun to play, though. I have, I have this deck. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's like, great just, deck. look, Ethan, let's be real. You and me basically play the same magic. That's yeah. kind of just true. But I've been waiting to try to find a good Simic boss for this deck. And then you guys put an uncommon, an uncommon Tatyova, who is basically a landfall, draw a card, and gain a life. And I'm like, how is this not literally my favorite card in magic now? Just hands down. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited by so this. So you're card. gonna actually oh build God. a deck now? You're not you're gonna stop talking about it and start building it? Oh my uh, what do you mean start, dude? I <laughs> I finished. This is this exists now because right. Tatova exists. <laughs> like Tatova and Coiling Oracle and then like Oh god, I love this. Because you've card been talking so about building this deck as long as I've known you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, basically, yes. But uh, it's here, and now I'm all about this. All right. 
Well, does that mean you're going to build it and we'll talk about yeah, it? Yeah, we absolutely will. But I All wanted right. to talk about Tran, uh, Thran Temporal Gateway, but you're not going to let me, so we'll go on to nope. Sean. So this was the first set in a long old time that I struggled to only pick three of my favorite cards <laughs> from, uh, let alone one, you massive git, Phil. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to pick, because I'm the enemy of fun, Damping Sphere. Shut him down, Sean. <laughs> so it... D- I feel, I know I know it wasn't, but I feel that when this card was designed, my type of magic player was being catered for, which is, I really hate like those guys' cradles and all that stuff. So the and if the land is tapped for two or more mana, it produces one uh, colorless instead of any other type it would uh, create. And each spell a player cast costs one generic mana to cast for each time, uh, each other spell that the player has cast this turn. It shuts down so many uh, oppressive combos. But the other thing I like about it, it's completely unilateral. It's not entirely one-sided. You know, it's the opposite of Leovold, which was too uh, fair to the player casting it. This, this just... If you like your magic to be at a nice pace, it's Azorius, defined and boiled down onto a colorless artifact. As long as everyone is playing fair, this won't affect them at all. At all. That's right. I hate this card so much. <laughs> you do still get use out of your Gaia's Cradle because it can pay the extra one on your second spell yeah. that turn. For the second spell, yes, correct. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Or your Cabal One coffers. land, one mana. Who really needs more than that? Exactly. And I mean, I, I must have liked Damping Sphere to not pick Phyrexian Scriptures. As an elf player, Damping Sphere can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, if only you had access to Naturalize. But uh, I, the other very, very quick nod, Whisper Blood Liturgist, which is the ah. card Victimize on legs. Brilliant. Moving on. <laughs> Ah, well, I guess that leaves me with mine, and I have to make a choice. We had to. You do, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's terrible. The the best Boros Commander ever printed, really, Phil. I think it's got to be Firesong and Sunspeaker. Six and a red and a white for a a Minotaur Cleric, first of all. Minotaur, awesome. And red instant and sorcery spells you control have lifelink. Whenever a white instant or sorcery spell causes you to gain life, Firesong and Sunspeaker deals three damage to target creature or player. We finally heard your pleas, Commander players. And we made you a card. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Finally, a card for Commander players. Who want to play Boros without just playing Vorthos Beatdown? Oh, not Vorthos, sorry, Voltron Beatdown. Yeah. This really has inspired many people. Listeners who were inspired by this, you should share your deck list with us and we'll talk about them on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever it is uh, you are. We're also on Instagram, don't forget. So, but yeah, Ethan, this one, this doesn't involve pushing it forward and hitting your opponent. I know, crazy, right? It took us a long time to uh, come up with a design, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, I could be uh, uh, one of those annoying people on Reddit go, oh, well, surely that design should be Jeskai. Um, uh, 
Why is it not Jeskai? Because uh. screw the Jeskai, dude. This is my Boros <laughs> card that I've been waiting for. I'm super stoked to get my twin Herloon Minotaurs. This card looks cool. Just visually <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, and and it got it gave us a chance to put a Minotaur in the set, which there you may notice there's no Minotaurs in the set. Uh, yeah. Other than this, to one. be fair, there's no Minotaur in the set still, since you had to buy a box to get this. It's part of the set. It's number two hundred eighty out of two hundred sixty-nine. <laughs> 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 that said, thank you. As a Boros player, thank you. Yeah, we would we would be remiss if we didn't extend Shivam's thank you to all of the Boros players out there, everyone. You're welcome, Boros. This being limited to the BioBox promos is a little controversial. It is controversial, um, and I, th- I find that there are two factions. One faction is uh, people who are concerned about the, uh, about the precedent that it sets, about whether they're going to be able to get the card, and, then, and, and they're obviously feeling a little negative about it. And then there are the, uh, the retailers who are selling a lot more boxes and are seeing a lot of support in their local game stores, and they are ecstatic about it. So we'll see mm. which, uh, which team uh, wins out in the end. I, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to shake out. My store sold out of the Minotaurs, and I've been desperately sad about that too. Yeah, so, I mean, that suggests, you know, maybe it, maybe it succeeded a little too well. Maybe we need oh, to print, I'm super we happy need for to my print store. need to <laughs> print more next time, you know? Yes. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we're going to do this again in the future, but um, certainly it is something where some people are unhappy, some people are, are happy, and we'll see how it all shakes out. I would have dropped it into the set as well, but the only way you could get a foil is yeah. as a buyer box promo. Because I think people would then appreciate having the foil and... Because Commander players, are, we're a strange bunch like that, aren't we? We like foil. Yeah. I mean, we, on, especially on we, legendary We definitely creatures. wanted to heavily incentivize people to like go to their local store, spend money in their local store, not buy cards on the internet or uh, at the big, you know, at the the big box store. Um, support your local game store, and this is a great way to do it. Amen. Yeah, you really should be doing that, people. Because uh, if you don't, it might not be there anymore. And then, who are you going to play Magic with? I do, uh, Shivam. I didn't put together that these are two Herloon Minotaurs. It's four six. They're two two threes. <laughs> yeah, for six mana too. So it's cheeky. so good. It's just <laughs> this card makes me smile on like seven different levels every day during preview season. I died again. I have a uh, a Herloon, Herloon Minotaur anatomy question. Uh huh. Would a female Minotaur? need not have udders rather than yeah i was thinking the same thing i don't know what you i don't know what's under that breastplate there could be an udder yeah i'm afraid uh the the part of the world guide i wrote did not cover the herloon mountains so i i didn't have to think about that until just this minute thank you for that Ethan, would you do us a favor? Of course. What is the elf from Alpha that was reprinted this set? Where is it from? It's from Lanawar. Yeah, it says it correctly. That's amazing. 
Lanawar. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's all I've ever been exposed to is Lanawar elves. Lanawar. Dominaria. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, dom- it's Dominaria because it is it is literally uh, an aria, a song of Dominia. That's what Dominaria yeah. means. Yeah. Phil, you've just lived in New York too long. Hey, Dominaria, <laughs> you Lanawar elves. You guys want to play some Dominaria? I love the Mama War Elf that was introduced. Oh, yeah. Merwin, the nurturer. Yeah. That's a very awesome piece of art. Oh, God. Every piece of art in this set. And I want you to know, Ethan, I went and found my original basic lands from 1994 uh-huh. and pulled them out to use for my pre-release of Dominaria because oh, I felt that that was just fitting. And uh, Chris Rush signed all of my uh, mountains or my forests there. And so just sitting down and opening these packs was probably one of the greatest pre-release I've ever had. Sweet. Well, I'm glad to have brought so much enjoyment to Magic players. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> and with you the course, man. I hope <laughs> you guys just have set such a high bar for yourselves. This, I mean, the course set has a an entirely different uh, intended audience, which is people who aren't Magic players yet, or people who are just barely Magic players. Yeah, I was sad when course sets went away. I love corsets. Yeah, I think they they definitely had some important value uh, for providing a a place for people to enter the game, and also it, they were just this wonderful palate cleanser to like. Okay, we're back to this is normal magic. Now we're gonna try the spicy flavors of the uh, the other uh, three sets in the year, but the the corset you know, re- reset us to our baseline. So. Yeah, and uh, I'm not saying I heard anything at GP Seattle, but I suspect we'll be having you on again pretty soon. That's true. I was the uh, I was the lead vision designer and the lead set designer, which is practically unprecedented for the uh, the new core set. So I will have lots to say about that. How did you do that <laughs> and this? Well, I mean, I can do two, more than one thing at once. <laughs> well, this one was mostly globe photographing. <laughs> usually, usually I'm working on three-ish projects uh, kind of in parallel. And I'll be in charge of one and then helping out on a couple of others. So while I was helping out on the uh, set design team and the world building stuff for Dominaria, I was leading the uh, design for the core set. Oh, boy. So excited. <laughs> Well, thank you for hanging out with us, Ethan. My pleasure. Last time uh, we had you on, actually, it, it was uh, Sean and Shivam, and you did the encyclopedia, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, right, yeah. No, that was fun. It was a while that was, I was like, what is he talking about? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe I missed you at the GP, Phil. Like, you were there, I was there, we never even saw each other. I don't know how that happened. I know. You were too busy hanging out with Shiva. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah. somebody has to. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was, uh, I did I did look for you, but mostly I was hunkered down playing games of magic with some, you know, with listeners. And I think I looked left as you walked by to the right, and you were looking to the left as well. And so we missed each are you, other. Are was... any of you uh, fellows going to Vegas this year? Yes. Maybe. All right, I'll see you there then. You've said this before. I'm going. We saw him at Vegas last yeah. year. <laughs> Briefly, <laughs> I I played at least a we, few we games. Played a game or two. That's true. We we uh we stalked you at Spellslingers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We played the Spellslinging too. Yeah, Spellslingers. We sat down and got a commander deck. <laughs> what else was I going to play with you guys? Right. <laughs> yeah. 
that was funny. We just, the two of us, like they thought only one of us was going up and the two of us just bolted for Ethan. And uh, it was one of those belated like, hey. Right. It was the guy in the queue who was like, oh, you're going to have to wait here to play. We're like, no, no, we don't want to wait in this queue for Wedge. We want that guy there. <laughs> like, who's that guy? That was very fun. So thank you for hanging out with us again. We'll hang out as much as we can in Vegas. And uh, what we can do is, it, it seems to be a tradition, we'll just sort of FaceTime Sean in from Vegas. Oh, yeah. And we'll walk around with Sean and we'll we'll show him the fun we're having and the game we're playing. I'm sure he'll love that. Oh, Vegas for me will be a... To one once every two year trip. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little much. Unless, of course, our patrons really, really, really want to see you, in which case uh, they <laughs> should head up on to uh, Patreon.com/slash/Commander and MTG. Yeah, Vegas <laughs> is going to be extra special this year. It's one of our uh, one of our twenty fifth birthday GPS where we're yeah. doing some special stuff. Why didn't you do that in Seattle though? When we were already all there. Because it's Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Who wants to have a birthday party in Seattle? <laughs> I'd love to go to Seattle. Being a magic playing, a huge fan of grunge music, it's like mecca for Yeah, me. I, I think it was yeah. too Twice. early in the year to be our birthday or something. I don't know. I don't All I know is that I played a whole lot of Brawl. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Sean, if you ever make it to Seattle, you can go to the Gum Wall. And you can uh, try out a whole bunch of different flavors. I've heard of all these things. Yes. I would do really maudlin things like take the the trip up to the house Cobain shot himself in and have a little cry to myself. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> so thanks not for hanging really. out with us, everyone. <laughs> hey, look, man. All I know is that I took Diggs and uh, Ethan here to a Lebanese restaurant on the last day of Seattle for a Vorthos luncheon, and it was amazing. Oh, yeah. There were like 10 of us, I think, at this <laughs> yeah. table, and we were all just super magic storyline nerds, and we just geeked out the whole time and ate delicious Lebanese food. It was a good time. That's awesome. I need to take my wife to that restaurant, Shivam. That was a great restaurant. Awesome. <laughs> so thanks again, everyone, for hanging out with us, and Ethan, thanks for sticking it out this long and going well past your deadline hopefully that doesn't get you into any sort of trouble you can always throw us under the bus hopefully whatever problems uh, are created can be solved with uh, the swift application of lebanese food yes (laughs) yes then we know what you're doing tomorrow night listeners we hope you enjoyed this show at least as much uh, as we've enjoyed recording it this was fantastic let us know what you think special thanks to our patrons who show the support by donating to us so we can keep on improving the show so without your continued support we could not do this show and we are grateful for your support you're getting that special contest and of course next week we'll be talking about our uh, you know our top people and so whatever you put in that name field we will read that's the important part of this. <laughs> no matter what it um, is. No matter what it is. there We may be bleeping it, but we will be reading it. <laughs> it turns out that if you use both the first and last name field, you have about 140 characters. Ethan, will you do us the honor of taking us of course, out? Phil. Commanderin, super sweet, totally awesome. that genuinely caught us by surprise that's this episode's so good
Mandarin. Mandarin.